I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on otb nation welcome back to another episode of the allegedly award nominated and honorably mentioned outside the box podcast it is the philadelphia episode because it's episode 215 shout out to our philadelphia brethren uh it's kb and dj coming at you from underground studios we got a loaded episode for you it's the biggest week on the NLL schedule of the year. Nine games on the docket that we're going to get into. We're going to recap week 17. KJ47 has a new home and made his debut in a beautiful way for his new squad. Uh, we'll get into State of the Fandom and a whole bunch of field lacrosse things, plus uh, Paul Rabel's Q&A with Inside Lacrosse as well. Had some interesting tidbits that DJ and I will go over. Uh, but before we get started, some housekeeping things. Follow us on the socials at OTBLaxPod on Twitter and Instagram. We got the communities feature now on the pod. Once I'm able to gain access to communities, for whatever reason, I am the only person in our company, DJ, on a public account. Obviously, manager of the talent, hashtag my sister, is on a private account due to her job. She doesn't want students following her and everything. You can't invite private accounts yet, but public accounts, I'm the only one in our company that has no access to community. Everybody else could get invited, no problem. Me, not allowed. I'm just banned from communities for no apparent reason. So if anybody listening has any connections with Twitter, communities, anything like that, please help me out because then we can make OTB Nation, our communities tab, public. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun once that's going, especially with all the discourse from all of our listeners and everything. Uh, but follow us on Twitter at OTB Laxpod. Follow DJ on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Uh, hashtag Coach Deej. Follow me at KBIZZL311. I've been losing followers again. Nothing new there. Twitter just hates me recently. Uh, so run up our follower accounts on the Twitter machine. And, uh, that's DJ's way of cursing communities. <laughs> throwing his phone in in uh in solidarity uh of course check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com for all of our written content subscribe to the podcast feeds apple Podcasts, spotify leave those five star ratings and reviews uh leave fun discussion topics and everything on the podcast reviews on apple we'll read them on the show and of course subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel we are 24 subscribers away from full video episodes of seeing myself and DJ's faces each and every week on the YouTube channel. So subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. 
uh, be a friend, tell a friend. And uh, all you need is a Gmail account. That's all you need to uh, subscribe on YouTube. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Big thank you to the sponsors who make this show happen. The boys over at Tomahawk Shades. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off at checkout on sunglasses, blue light glasses. I got the hoodie on right now. All that good stuff. TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. The boys over at Kenwood Beer. The all-new and improved and updated Kenny Tracker is available. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our pals over at Bino Board. We're bringing Bino on the road this year. For all those PLL weekends, you're going to see DJ and I at. We are bringing Bino to the parking lots. We are going to play the Lax Dads. We're going to play everybody in Bino. So be ready. Uh, you guys can go to BinoBoard.com. It's B-I-N-H-O Board.com. It's like paper football meets foosball. It's the coolest thing. It's going to be the next big man cave, she shed game, the next tailgating game. It's going to be a conversation piece. And you can use our code BINOUSP. That's B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P for 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com. What's going on, Coach Deej? Dog, I'm so excited. Tuesday is my first game. Boys got this week off for spring break. So I'm going to spring break. Shout out Riff Raff. Hard on Monday. I mean, we're just going to drill it in, give those boys a nice hard hour and a half, hit some uh, some film, and then give them the night off so they can eat and get rested up and we can kick some butt game one. Is Coach Deej going to host some pasta parties? <laughs> um, that actually just might happen. Got a, we might got a carbo eat. load. We might go to like a bowling alley or something after a practice and, and just fool around as a team, get some good food in and, and hang out. It's that's definitely on the docket as as we get into the end of the season. Got a lot of freshmen, a lot of new players, so we're we're still hitting the basics. So I don't want to jump too far ahead, but Coach probably, Deej is ready to rock around. and roll. Oh dude, dude, I'm like ready to suit up myself. Like the Coach Deej vlogs. Oh yeah, they're coming. Game they're day coming. vlog. Game day vlog is gonna be up real it's soon. Be like Boncos. Probably probably within the weekend. Like next weekend. We'll have we'll have game day vlog one up Let's and rolling. Because I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. The boys are they're pumping. They have fun. They work hard. That's all I could ask for. Let's go. Uh let's get into NLL week seventeen recap. A wild weekend in the NLL. Uh off the top. We impromptu did our KJ47 Top Destinations Top 5. Shout out Colin Squires. KJ found a home the very next day, so we didn't have to put a graphic out. Uh, he signed with the Wings, like I predicted. And you and I kind of talked about, like, it made sense if he went there. Um, his connection with Paul Day from Paul Day's time with Rochester. Obviously, Blaze is there for, you know, the Chaos Boys. And he made his debut. For the Wings against Rochester, which is just fitting. And KJ fit right in. Had six points, which you brought up before we started recording. When he came back from not being on the active roster for Chaos for a couple weeks. First playoff weekend for Chaos. Six points. Um, he looked great. And he made that Wings offense just like open up. No pun intended here. Spread their wings. Because uh, he was dishing perfectly. And like his style of play just like fit in seamlessly with 
I guess the approach that Paul Day is trying to take through this final stretch of the season to really have like that speed factor and kind of a mix of smaller and bigger bodies in there. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen when Matt Rambo comes back because he was placed on IR uh, last week to see how he'll mesh with Kyle and, and the way that, you know, he was able to kind of move the ball around for that Wings offense. But I think after watching at least one game, and we'll see more of it this weekend uh, with the Wings having two games this week, I'm very intrigued to see how this offense continues to operate with KJ47 in the mix. Well, I think he brings that instant offense. Yeah. You know, in Halifax, they didn't wait for the entire offense to be on. If they saw an opportunity, they took it. And he did a lot of that last weekend when he made his debut, and it worked a lot. I think that's something that the Wings needed. We said this multiple times, like their offense looks so slow. It took them, you know, 15, 20 seconds to sub, and now you're going with 12, 10 seconds on the shot clock. That's not enough time to do anything. So I think he's forcing their offense to just use those quick looks when they get them, and he's speeding the offense up, and they're just going to have to adjust to it, and that includes Matt Rambo. Like, if they want to win and they want to be competitive, they're going to have to take those early looks, and I think he's, like, forcing them to understand that. Yeah, 100%. I think just the more reps he gets with these guys around him, I like the way that, like, he fits in with, like, a Kevin Crowley with, you know, Corey Small looked fantastic in that game against Rochester. Sock trick for the boy. Um, I just like the way that, like, his – Kyle's vision worked really well with the way that the offense ran for them last weekend. And I think it's only going to continue to get better. And Paul day, knowing him from his time in Rochester, I think is huge too. kind of knows his strengths and weaknesses to where he can plug Kyle into a situation. That's going to really work for him. So I'm excited to see the boy this weekend uh, in his home debut for the wings when they played Buffalo for their final home game of the season. Um, which also they're opening up the upper bowl for the first time at a Wings game. Bonkers. Bonkers. Like, Wings games are already, like, a party. Like, Paul Day has described Wings games to people who have never been to them. It's an Eagles game day tailgate, but inside. That is his quote-for-quote definition of a Wings, like, crowd. And the fact that they're opening the upper bowl for this game against Buffalo is just going to be bananas. But to play devil's advocate here, that could be because a bunch of Buffalo fans are coming as well. On a Thursday? Yeah. Think they care? Their a teams bit. their teams what? That's 12, a, they're twelve and one. That's a long drive for the boys. You think they're coming from just Buffalo? Buffalo fans are everywhere, I'll tell you. That team's pretty good, and you're about to see a whole lot of bandwagons wearing Buffalo jerseys. That's all I'm saying. Is they're going to they deal with the Wings faithfuls because they packed that place like crazy. I'm excited. This is my first Wings game in over a month because I didn't get to go to the last home game because I was working our musical at Buna. I haven't been to a Wings game since February. So, like, I'm just excited to be back in the press box. Like, I've, like, been waiting to scratch that itch, and I'm going to be able to be at two games this weekend, one home and one away. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But week 17 was uh, a doozy. To recap, Vancouver beat San Diego 14-12 to in a bit of an upset on Friday night. Uh, Buffalo swept the Halifax series. They won on Saturday 16-11, to um, and then they won on Sunday uh, by the same score, 16-11. to uh, And then Georgia beat Toronto 10-6 to in our one swing game for our picks of the week. Um, we'll talk about that game 
The Wings won 12 to 8 against Rochester. DJ's New York Riptide beat the Albany Firewolves 15 to 6, blew the doors off of them. Uh, Calgary beat Saskatchewan 8 6 in some Alterna Cup action. Uh, then we had Panther City, the hottest team in lacrosse, uh, win 10 to 6 against Colorado. Where For do we want to? Where don't do we want to start? Vegas. Don't forget about Vegas. Very true. Vegas is coming in hot. Um, where do we want to start uh, with our our game recaps I, here? I guess I'm gonna have to start with with the Riptide. Um, Your New York Riptide. One. Sorry for not picking you last week. You and I were both like very I, close to picking them last week. We, as you guys, we deliberated hear, on that one a lot. As you guys hear every week when I have to pick you or someone else because you play someone every week. I sit here for minutes upon minutes going because uh, I Peter don't know. Griffin when he bangs his knee. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know who I, I, I never want to pick against you, but sometimes it just seems like the right thing to do. Albany have been hot. They play that stupid defense and you finally carved it to pieces. And thank you. There's thank a blueprint. You. There's a blueprint. Everyone should use it. Everyone should make them go to a different defense that's pretty basic that everyone else runs, and let's just watch some good lacrosse. Because, my God, was that annoying. They'll just, oh, they ruin, They almost ruined the game of lacrosse. I almost, there were so many Albany games I didn't watch. There were so many Albany games I didn't watch. Rochester, Albany. <laughs> You're not catching me watching that. Early yeah. Panthers, early Panther City, Albany. Nope. Saskatchewan, Albany. Tough luck. I'm not. Next. I'm, I'm not watching that, you know. But now I feel like I could watch any Albany game because now I'm interested to see if other teams will use what the Riptide did this week. And we got to see how they adjust. Yeah, I also I also want to see if they adjust and go to a regular defense and get carved apart <laughs> again because obviously they weren't running a regular defense because they can't. That game. Blue, not even that it, like it surprised me that the Riptide won because you and I deliberated back and forth like who's going to win. I it's the it fact that Albany's game. Albany's offense was just dead after the first quarter, completely dead. Um, you know, Albany dominated the faceoffs. They went one for three on the power play. It wasn't even like you know there was a lot of penalties or anything like that. Callum Crawford snapped. He had eight points in this game. Uh, I mean, it was just complete and utter dominance from the riptide in the second half primarily and uh you know kudos to them big time win for the riptide um last week the 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 disappointing game because i thought it would be a much better game too like no matter who ended up winning that georgia and toronto game the fact that it was that low scoring shocked the hell out of me we also had no idea that lyle thompson wasn't playing um, so that's even more of, you know, feather in the cap for Georgia to go out and win that one. Toronto just looked flat. Like they looked like they had no juice. It was almost like the moment was like too big for them because of the Dan Dawson, you know, career accomplishments, which shout out to, to Dan Dawson. But like, it was almost like they were just too in their heads about all of the pomp and circumstance going on. Like they started off flat, like Georgia had a four, one lead after the first quarter. And that was like, okay, game's done. Like, it was almost like once that happened, there was no coming back. And, like, TD dominated the faceoffs. He won 15 out of 20. Like, it's not like they weren't getting possessions. They went two for three on the power play. 
it was just they were completely flat and had like one little surge in the third quarter and after that it was just like okay we don't have enough juice right now to to pick up the pace and when Zach Mans and Tom Schreiber score five of your six goals that's a problem I agree 100% it was weird to see them play that way um, especially knowing that they pretty much could have put Georgia's season to end like yeah. Georgia's on the bubble and was very much on the bubble last week. Like they obviously helped their chances beating Georgia Toronto. loses this game, they go 500 at 7 and 7 and Toronto's ahead of Halifax at 9 and 4 if they win this game. Yeah, it was so weird to see them kind of just like flop on it and, and like make the game seem like it didn't matter. They were like, "Oh, like it seemed like they were Buffalo and had already locked in a playoff spot and they didn't need to win the game. It was weird. Like, they had no motivation, regardless of anything that was going on. It just seemed like they had no motivation. To play. That would have helped so many teams play. in they the playoffs. No, no motivation to win. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. It would help so many teams in the playoff picture too if Toronto won because if they won, they jump up to the two seed. Halifax ends up in the three seed after the two losses. And because Georgia would drop to seven and seven, and the Wings have the tiebreaker over them from sweeping Georgia this season, the Wings would have been a half a game behind the four seed. Like, that changes a ton in the playoff picture, and now the Wings are one game, they're one and a half games back at Georgia right now, and with the tiebreaker, that helps them. The Wings just have to go on a run if they want to get that four seed, but it's looking more and more likely that they're just trying to cling on to that wild card spot, unless Georgia completely falls apart, which... Is totally possible. Like it's not like they're dominating. They're eight and six, um, but that would have switched the landscape up so much for this playoff chase right now. Which the playoffs are insane, and we'll get into it in a little bit. But uh, this is a big time like season win for Georgia to kind of just like help them cling on to that four seed. I'll say um, the other game, Calgary. Beats Saskatchewan in uh, some Alterna Cup action, eight to six, helping you know them cling on to hope for a playoff spot. Um, right now, the Alterna Cup standings: Calgary's in second place with a three and one record. Um, Halifax still in first at four and zero. Vancouver's two and three. Oh, so here's here's a little update here. The Alterna Cup is coming down to Halifax and Calgary. Vancouver, Toronto, and Saskatchewan are all eliminated now officially. With oh, in two weeks, April eighth is pretty much a battle for the Alterna Cup because Halifax plays Calgary. 
So the Alterna Cup games we have left are this weekend, Vancouver and Calgary. Next weekend, Halifax and Calgary, Vancouver and Saskatchewan. Um, and then Halifax plays Toronto on April 16th. And then Calgary plays Vancouver on April 16th. So there's still some shit, but that April 8th game is going to determine. Like, Calgary has to win that if they want to win. Yep. Yep. Because if Halifax wins it, that's it. It's over. They'll lock it up. I want it to go down to the final week of the Alterna Cup season. That would be Just wild. for the discourse. That would be wild. <laughs> Just for the banter. We need to know banter. Could you imagine it getting there and Calgary loses? <laughs> <laughs> To what? Who's Saskatchewan? Ah! Uh, Vancouver. They play Vancouver, okay. Okay. and then Halifax plays Toronto. Oh, Halifax is not losing to Toronto. It is. It's at Toronto, though. Okay. That was they Halifax's lost, home for three weeks, too. <laughs> and they just lost to Georgia in Toronto. <laughs> but Toronto might be fighting for playoff seating at that point. That that game is more important playoff seating wise than anything else. Well, the Halifax is going to be fighting for playoff seed. That's what I'm seeding. saying. Like those two are going to be going back and forth for two and three seed. I don't even think it's going to make that much. They ain't even going to worry about the Alterna Cup. <laughs> They're just like, I need to win to stay in the playoffs. <laughs> Halifax is going to be thinking about the Alterna Cup. Man. That might be why they win it. Just because they right. win the Alterna Cup. We ain't winning the NLL Cup. Let's win the Canadian Cup. At the least. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, and let's wrap up the Week 17 recap with the hottest team in the NLL, excluding Las Vegas. Panther City on a five-game winning streak in the playoff hunt at 6-8 and eight now. I mean, shout-out to TK. I mean, yes, it's going to go to Tavares with Buffalo for Coach of the Year, but if Panther City makes the playoffs... There's got to be at least a discussion for TK to be in coach of the year, not like at least a nominee. And quite honestly, my vote would go to him if I, I mean, had a vote. Right now, if I had a vote, it goes to him. They're six and eight. Like on a just, five game win streak. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about them hanging it up because their season was over. And now we're talking. They about were on the playoffs. do not pick list for us for like four straight weeks, and the only reason we picked them last week was because, was because they were they playing played. Colorado. Yeah, and then the or we, yeah we didn't pick them because they were playing Colorado. Uh, Colorado, but like the few weeks before that, they played like Saskatchewan and like someone else, and we we're like, all right, like mm-hmm. or no, you picked Calgary to beat them, and I was like, no way, kid, they're gonna beat Calgary because they were they were playing hot, and I was like, yeah, they're gonna win. You might have yeah, Calgary. Calgary played two games that week, so yep. I yep. thought they were gonna. That was that was one where I was like, okay, one of these teams needs to fight for their playoff lives, and I thought Calgary was gonna get it done. But Panther City is like they're playing fun, they're playing hot. They might have coach of the year and rookie of the year on the same squad. Uh, they're very fun right now. Very loose, very fun, just exciting, just exciting. They're playing like they have nothing to lose, which I guess they don't. And, like, I kind of feel like that's the same way that's my helpful. team is. Like, that's how my team is. Like, I told him, I was like, whatever we do this year is a win. Literally. I was like, honestly, we've already won our season. Our team hasn't had a team in three years, mostly mm-hmm. because they haven't had a coach. But I was like, people aren't expecting us to have a team. So, the fact that we're here practicing right now is a win. Right. So, like, that's kind of where Panther City is. Everything is a win. They got their first win. That was a win. Like, having a team was a win. Like, they're in that portion and, like, that's an awesome place to be because you're 
playing with absolutely nothing to lose because it doesn't matter what you do. Even if Panther City went out there and lost every game, they still won because they had a season this mm-hmm. year. So it's like that kind of thing. And like, it's a lot, I feel like it's a lot easier to play when you have nothing to lose than to be a Saskatchewan, a Calgary, uh, a Buffalo, a team that's perennially good. Like you have to, you have to be good because everybody's expecting you to be good. It's a lot of pressure to play on when you're new and no one's expecting anything. They don't know what to expect. Anything works. So now they're playing with no pressure and it's looking fantastic, especially with so many rookies being at the helm and being needed, you know, with Orleman and goal, uh, all the rookies that have an offense, like to have, to give them that freedom of playing with no pressure. I think it's helping them a lot. hundred percent. And then uh, Vancouver saved their season by beating San Diego, in my opinion. And then Halifax is just spiraling out of control. Uh, lose twice to Buffalo. They have like fallen out of like that elite tier right now and have kind of come back down to earth. And quite honestly, them making all of these roster moves over the last couple of weeks, like trading for Sean Evans, you know, trading for Dawson Thee, trading Steven LeBlanc away, cutting KJ, like I feel like it's kind of messed with the chemistry of the team a bit. And not to say that they can't rebound from it, but it's really like changed a lot in terms of just like chemistry and, and like, notoriety with players and everything it's just a weird period of time that Halifax has gone through the past couple of weeks to really like go from fighting for the one seed to now like the one seeds like almost out of reach unless they win out and Buffalo loses a couple games here and there like Halifax really shuffled the deck a lot and it did not pay off it was weird to see them do it at this time. Like, yeah, this isn't a time that you see a team at the top of the league making moves because you're sharpening your team for the playoffs. Like Halifax was in a position when they started making these moves to where they could look forward in the crystal ball to playoffs. Like you're going to make you like, you know, you haven't clinched it, but you know, in a few games you win, you went, you clinched the playoffs. So you mm-hmm. can start, looking at, okay, how exactly do we want our offense to look? How exactly do we want to play defense? Who do we want playing transition? Who do we want in goal? How do we want to go off a face-off? Like, you can start to look at so many intricate parts of your team and, your and you know, the way you're going to play, and now they're looking at more of, okay, what do we need to do right now to win games so we can stay in the playoffs? Like, I don't understand why they made – such drastic moves at the time they did but if they bounce back and they end up you know making a run and winning it'll make sense but if not everybody's going to scratch their heads and go you made all those moves at that time and it made no sense to anyone at all it is pretty wild time to be a halifax fan i'd say um but that's our week 17 recap which always leads us to everybody's favorite on the edge of their seats moment it is the state of the fandom dj search for a favorite nll team after the the craziness of week 17 dj how does the fandom look has anybody fallen out of favor and has anybody moved up the top five ranking at all um i don't think anything's moved yeah has anybody come back into the picture 
we haven't had that discussion at all this season where you've eliminated three teams. It's it's tempting to bring Panther City. Back. I was gonna say, have they worked their way back into your heart to like at least put them on the table? Are they are they removed from the kids' table? I think I think we can put them back to the table just for the simple fact that I could get with a team that makes late season pushes. For example, I am a huge University of Michigan fan. Every sport they play in in all of eternity. Their late season teams. They start off okay at the beginning of the year, other than men's lacrosse this year, who started off amazing. So now they're going to tail off and do bad. Sorry, not sorry. That's kind of how that goes. But all the Michigan teams start off kind of average, decent at the beginning of the year. And then they hit this stride right about three quarters to about 80% of the year done. End off conference, play well, play well in their tournament. And then they go into the NCAA tournament and, you know, they knock it out of the park. I can deal with a team like that where I can go, okay, you know, we had draft picks that are coming in trying to do this, or maybe, you know, we switched up the offense or we did this differently on defense. We got a new goalie. Okay. I can work with that kind of stuff because I know that when the team gets the chemistry down and they figure out everything, we're going to be good. We're going to make our push. I can deal with a, a team like that. So I can put Panther city back on the dock. I'm cool with that. Panther oh. city. Welcome back to the tournament boys. That is a first for DJ State of the Fandom. It'll probably be the Team only. <laughs> will be the only, potentially. Uh, I mean... Panther City back in the mix. So now it's only Saskatchewan and Georgia out of the running. Uh, has anybody been eliminated after last week? Uh, Rochester's gone. Rochester, see you later. They can go. Bye, boys. Um... They're, t- they're kind of in the... Uh, the Georgia realm for you, I feel like. We're like, there's players you'll root for, but team, you're done. Yep. I think I, I have to say the same about Vancouver. Wow. I think I'm going to have to kick them out. And I think it's more of I can be a Mitch Jones fan and like some players around him, but I cannot deal with even after NL- a win. I can't deal with the NLL the way. I deal with the NBA. I am a LeBron James fan, and I like people around him and the way they assist him when he's there. But that's it. I'm an I'm a LeBron James fan. I'm not a I'm not a Laker fan. I was never a Cavaliers fan. I was never a Miami Heat fan. I'm a LeBron fan, and my favorite team is the team LeBron James plays on. So I don't want to do that. Like I don't. Wow, see... that's a shocker to me. It's because I the... feel like you like at the same level of play like fandom like you enjoy mitch jones obviously but i feel like you're a big logan shuss guy you're a big keegan ball guy like you like tyrell hammerj like you like a lot of guys on that team i like the i like those guys they are so on the i'm shocked by that one i feel like you should give them one more week i think i like the way they play around mitch jones even after they sense. beat San Diego. I think, I think the one guy I could separate out of that is Reed Bowering. I see Reed Bowering in the very same way I saw Dwayne Wade. But, like, I didn't like Chris Bosh before he went and played in Miami. But he played well in Miami. I didn't like Ray Allen two, before two he played oh, in Miami. 2-0 oh against like, San Diego this year. <laughs> they are. They are. Like, it's, it's weird. It's like their goaltending, I can't deal with. I, I think I that's the one thing. I don't, like, that's... I don't like some of their coaching decisions. 
I'm big on like coaching and GM, like that kind of stuff bothers me as well. And it's just like their color scheme also can't deal with at, at this point. It it's the whole Western Michigan University. They're right here in town. I've seen that color scheme my entire life. And you can mess it up or you can make it look really good. And it's so basic there. I, I just can't. There's there's so many things that as I continue to look at Vancouver, I'm like, wow, I really don't like this or this or this or this or this. But these five guys are fantastic. Like they are no like reason for Vancouver like- is to me. They are like process sixers almost. I think in a, they, in a sense of like they brought in superstar guys, Mitch Jones, Logan Shuss, and have built around them. And like I think the reason that some of the things are the way that they are is from before they rebranded to the Warriors and before the Canucks bought the Warriors and everything. Because when they drafted Reed Bowering, that was their first first round pick in like five years. So like they are just getting back on track as an organization in terms of like pipeline talent. And because of like, just like their roster building, it's a lot of guys from Vancouver and the British Columbia area because they have a lot of like firefighters on their team too. So they can't play in other places because a lot of the guys too, that have played for them, they have firefighter obligations that make them miss an entire season, which sucks. But, like, that's the way of, of, you know, the land out there. Um, But I view them in a process Sixers way where it's, like, they were bad. And now, like, this is the, like, one year. Like, this is year one of the upswing. Where, like, it looks like they're going to be a playoff team. They're not going to be the best playoff team. And it sucks that Mitch Jones got hurt, too. And he's going to be out even longer than expected. Um, But I think they're on the up and up in terms of just, like, being a consistent contender in the West. Yeah, I think they could be, like, a Colorado to you for me. Like, they could end up mm-hmm. being a team like that, like, your I, West team. I silently root for, but, like, I don't really. I silently root they're, for them. They're, like, my, my 1A in the West. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not, like, my favorite team. They're not, like, going to be the team that I, I, you know, put number one. Plus, they have an awesome social media manager. Shout out. Yeah, that too. You know, they might be more of like a, a chaos for me, a team that I really enjoy watching, that I really but like. But if they're playing but... your squad, you're going for your squad. Exactly. So it's like I don't dislike Vancouver, but with the things. They're not that... in a Saskatchewan or Georgia realm. Oh, no. But like with the things that I dislike about them, I can't make them my favorite team. So two teams eliminated, one brought back in. What does the top five look like after week 17? Obviously, 1A, 1B is New York and Buffalo. Um, Come on, your New York Riptide. <laughs> you can't be saying that. Dude, I'm, I'm like going to get to see your New York Riptide this weekend. <laughs> it sounds like I already have a favorite team. You got to stop leading these people on. You are ridiculous. <laughs> um, I need their like public address announcer like with his voice to be like, your New York Riptide. And I'll just play that every time we talk about them. <laughs> I mean, that'd get love on 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 the the Twitter machine. Shout I will have to, to say they were the first to interact with me all all summer. Every Jeff T Jeff T tweet I made. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't. Jeff T tweet that I made. They were all over it. Every single like 
instant. It was like I tweeted it and it's like they have notifications on for anything that has Jeff. I think they had a whole column on TweetDeck <laughs> just with the Jeff T like search and anything yes. that came up in there. Was bang, 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 bang. It, it was ridiculous. So like they they kind of got to me early, but they're definitely not my favorite yet. Maybe possibly. <laughs> San Diego's up there, probably number three. Um, I say four A, four B is uh, Colorado and the Wings. They're they're pretty even. Um, and I think five I had either the Wings or Toronto, but Toronto's definitely see you later at this point. Um, Halifax has dropped out. I, I don't like the KJ move that. That, that hurt really, you as a Michigan man. That really man. bothered me. It hurt me as a Michigan man, and it made no sense with their offense. And we saw this week, like, their offense struggled. Crazy um, thing I saw, too. I think Adam Levy, friend of the program, uh, tweeted this out. KJ, over, like, the last X amount of games he played with Halifax, um, he averaged 2.2 points a game, and then he puts up six in his first game with the Wings. Kid is crazy good. Is that Kids good? Crazy good. Is that good? Shout out Dane Smith. <laughs> so I think uh fifth now is is Panther City. Wow. From from exile to the top five, Panther City Lacrosse Club. What a move. Um so that I, mean, is... I can't I can't put Toronto there. Calgary's cool, but mm, I I only keep Calgary where they are because they could change their color scheme whenever they want. But the grayscale is a Big problem with me. they do have the teal too that plays to our yes it does the teal does also and they've got a friend of the program Curtis Dixon and our collective boy even though he we went to that that hated school of ours Jesse King yeah the boy yep so that is DJ's uh, state of the fandom for the people out there and uh, without any further ado. Let's uh, go feed some ducks and uh, kick off our Week 18 NLL Picks of the Week, powered by the homies over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com and start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fan profiles, cash them in for prizes, and go to playpickup.com. Now, anybody can play. It's free to play. All you got to do is sign up with your phone number. You don't even need to put an email, just a phone number, uh, playpickup.com. DJ, the most loaded schedule of the NLL season is upon us, and it kicks off with some Thursday night lacrosse, prime time, 7.30 p.m. at the Wells Fargo Center, the Upper Bowl opening up in Philadelphia. South Philly's going to go crazy. The Buffalo Bandits coming to town to take on the Philadelphia Wings in KJ47's home debut. How do you got this one going? Throwing up big bees. <laughs> big bees. I can't stand up you. Big bees. Buffalo's gonna take this one. I told I told you off pot. I was like, you you said something about like going big for KJ's home opening. I said, too bad y'all are gonna lose. And you're like, chill. I said, all right, I'm gonna say nothing else until tomorrow night. <laughs> Here's big tomorrow bees. night. <laughs> Buffalo's winning that, John, for sure. I think. Like you said, I think it's going to play into Buffalo's hands. They like big games. Bandit land is bananas when they play there. It's going to be exciting for them to play in a game like that in Philadelphia and, you know, spoil KJ's home opening. It's going to be a close one, though. Buffalo it's gonna wins be close. by like I'm one a- or two possible overtime. 
I'm excited for this game in a sense of just seeing how the Wings offense continues to operate with this new look. Uh, first home game for the Wings in about a month. The last home game was uh, KJ's former team, Halifax, coming into town. February 26th was the last time the Wings had a home game. Um, so this is their final home game of the season. It's throwback Thursday. So I think the Wings might be rocking some throwback unis. And I think Buffalo might be too. Um, which will be very fun uh, because the Wings throwback unis, chefskiss.gif. Um, I need wins in our pick'em segment. KJ is at home. That's the boy. That is positive vibes only. Uh, it, this is a this is as much of a must win for the Wings as they have had all season. I'm riding with the home squad. I'm going to go with the Wings. Upset. Upset season. I'm going to go with the Wings in a close one. Would it shock me if Buffalo wins? No. What I'm taking into account here is Buffalo will, after this weekend, have played four games in seven days. Not saying that the boys get tired or whatever, but like that's tough. That's a, that's a gauntlet stretch of games. Having to play a Saturday, Sunday, and then a Thursday, and then playing on Saturday again, like that's tough no matter who you are. Um, so I'm going to go with the wings. Uh, the next matchup is a three slate Friday, April fool's day. We've got Rochester versus Halifax at the Scotiabank center, six o'clock PM Eastern time. I mean, if there's ever been a get right game for a team that's struggling, it is for them to play the Rochester Nighthawks because they are lumping. And, uh, you already know, I, I, Mysterio looked into the screen a couple weeks ago and said, I'm never picking Rochester again the rest of the season. So I am going with Halifax and DJ. I'm sure you're doing the same as you just eliminated Rochester from your state of the fandom. I don't even know why it took me that long to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Halifax it, Rochester had no business being in my state of the fandom for that long. They we uh, impressed me. I think, <laughs> I think the boys really, that, that helped them out. They have a lot of boys that, that I liked that I'm cool with. They're doing they're doing well individually, yeah. but as as a team, they can't get everything to roll. Yeah, and it's not even like they're losing a lot of games by a lot. They just can't come together down the stretch, which is a huge problem. We got a rematch this time in Georgia, the Toronto Rock, the Georgia Swarm. I don't know how this game is going to play out. This is like arguably toughest game of the week to pick um, because these two teams are so like similar. Hopefully Lyle's back for Georgia just in terms of like, you know, fan tuning in stuff. Uh, we do get our favorite broadcaster back on the ones and twos with Scotty Ratliff this week to call out the Poo Lynn wall. Uh, Georgia and Toronto. How do you see this one going? This one's so tough because one, you want to feel like Toronto's going to come out after a flat week and just give it to them, especially after losing to the same team at home last week. But then you look at the position that Georgia's in. Georgia wins this game, especially with Buffalo, or Buffalo beating Philadelphia the night before. Georgia in, that, in, that, in that universe, just for you to know, too, Buffalo would improve to 13-1. and one. Halifax in this universe goes to nine and five. If Georgia wins, they're nine and six. If Toronto wins, they're nine and five. But I still think Toronto's 
behind Halifax in the standings because of head to head. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's what the situation would be in your and, picks universe right now. And that puts Georgia in the four spot, which gives them the which wild card. They're still in the four. Well, that would be a locked in playoff spot in the East. Top four make it from the East, top three okay. from the West, and then the wild card uh, is the best record remaining from each division, which I and still think would be the Wings. That is why I say Georgia wins again. This is continuing to keep them out of that position where they're losing that tiebreaker to the Wings and keeping them out of the playoffs. Like they're they're in that must-win category because they know they literally have someone on their on their butt. I had to watch myself there. On their butt. Like <laughs> they're on their asses. <laughs> literally, I can say it. <laughs> I ain't afraid. <laughs> literally on their ass. Like if you lose, this is it. You're going home at the end of the season. So like I think that really helps, especially with a team like Toronto. They're not playing Buffalo. They're not playing San Diego. They're not playing like a super loaded team. They're playing a team they can handle. I still think they're loaded, but I mean, like you I, said, I, they can handle them. They can handle them opposed to a I think they even struggle with a Philadelphia with how loaded they are offensively. Like playing a team like Toronto plays into the hands that they're they're going into. And I think they also get a big game from Mike. Pooh Wall. They get a big game from Mike and Nat and things go great. Uh, I think Toronto has the worst taste in their mouth from last week. Played so flat. They had three guys step up and perform for them. I'm going with Toronto. I might be putting my foot in my mouth with this one and look stupid at the end of the day, but I feel like Toronto's too good of a team. They're too well coached to lose to the same team in back-to-back weeks. Um, So for that reason, I'm going with Toronto to uh, right the wrongs of last week. And win down in Georgia. Then we got some Alterna Cup action to wrap up the Friday night slate. Vancouver against Calgary at our favorite Teal Field. Uh, both of these teams fighting for their playoff lives in the West. Calgary is in the hunt right now. But Vancouver is clinging on to that final uh, playoff spot in the West. At 6-7. and seven, Calgary is 5-7. and seven. Um... So this could be a big swing game one way or another. I personally think the way that the vibes have been and just the consistency or lack thereof from both of these teams, I've seen more consistency from Vancouver and the fact that uh, Logan Shuss is shooting a shot with Dua Lipa on Twitter. I got to go with Vancouver. Shout out to the boy. No way he did that. Yes. I, uh, I totally missed that. I will pull it up here for you and read the tweet verbatim because Diggs also followed up with it and everybody, including the Wings official account, followed up on it. Um, Logan Shuss tweeted, At Dua Lipa, I see you're in Vancouver Friday. I'll leave tickets for the at NLL Warriors game Saturday at Will Call for you. Diggs I tweeted, Diggs's response, bro, I still can't believe you bought the bar bought the bar the other night. Legendary. Uh the boys at Back of the Bird. He also came on our pod one time and it was a ton of fun. Maybe after the game at Dua Lipa, you can sit down with us and talk about not flying back of the bird. Call us maybe. I love this. Philadelphia is- Wings. Hey Logan, thanks again for helping our grandparents with that yard work. You're so selfless. 
Logan responds, no problem. Anything for at Kevin Crowley. <laughs> Marcus Holman at Dua Lipa. One time my house was on fire and at Logan Chuss 18 ran in to save my dog and my grandma. He's a great guy. Logan responds, that was a crazy fire. Kelsey Braid from TSN uh, tweeted a gif of Giannis shoot, like shooting, and uh, Logan said, I'm sure she already has tickets. I love that. Oh, Just an incredible God. tweet. Shout out to the boy. Uh, and for that reason, I have to go to Vancouver because the vibes are at an all-time high. And uh, Logan is levitating. Shout out to Alipa. I would... First off, the amount of times I have voice tracked into that song billboard do a leap of make them dance when they come on i i don't even want to tell you how many times i've said the name do a leap it's unreal but were your left foot and right foot levitating sadly yes because i was sitting in a high chair so they were not hip-hop pop stars do a leap with the baby we're about to do something that we have not done in a while or we have not done ever we're going to have three swing games in the Wow, in the biggest week of the season. Because we're going to bring up something that you brought up earlier and talk about the Alterna Cup and how it's going to come down to pretty much Halifax and Calgary. This is an Alterna Cup game. That it is. And this is one of those games that's going to keep Calgary in it. They lose this game. They could possibly be out of the running with Halifax winning their next Alterna Cup game. Every Alterna Cup game matters. I think Calgary's going to win it. Wow. Week of the year. This is what we're billing it as. This is week of the year. Um, I'm going to make graphics and everything for week of the year. Because uh, that Georgia and Toronto game, that was just fake game of the year. Didn't really like swing too much. Because uh, we both had like collectively meh weeks uh, last week. But this is week of the year. And now we move to Saturday where we have ESPN2 action. The San Diego Seals and the Toronto Rock up in Toronto at the first Ontario Center. Um, I picked Toronto to win earlier in our picks. They're not winning this one. San Diego is bouncing back from a tough loss to Vancouver and will win on ESPN2. This almost makes me want to think about my Georgia pick. Almost. But I think Toronto goes 0-2 this weekend. I don't see them beating San Diego. San Diego has way too much. If I go back on any pick, it'll be the Georgia one. I'm stamping San Diego in for sure. I will let you know by the end of our pick segment how I feel about that Georgia pick. But Because for everybody at home, the picks have to be clarified on the pod for them to be official. Yep. Yep. So, Seals. Seals, for sure, though. They have way too much. 8 o'clock p.m. Your boy will be in the building at the Nassau Coliseum. Fun little Philadelphia-New York rivalry. The Wings, the Riptide. Second game of the weekend for the Wings. The Riptide. Wavering on if they'll make the playoffs or not. It's, it's a steep hill to climb in the East. It's more leaning towards a no playoffs this year for them. But, I mean, like I said earlier... And why I picked the Wings to beat Buffalo, they are on, like, must-win watch the rest of the season. And they said that after the game against Rochester. 
So for that reason, I'm going with a double wings weekend. The wings are going to beat the Riptide. I got to go with bragging rights here. There is a small in like this small same college rivalry in this game. They played together on the offensive side of the ball at Michigan, both Brett, Brent Noseworthy and Kyle Jackson. This is whenever you play someone that you used to play with, it is a huge deal. Kyle Jackson does not want to lose this game. He'll never hear the end of it from Brent. Even if he never beats Kyle again, he's going to remember that time you came to New York and I kicked your ass. Yup. I still do. No way is Kyle losing this game. Philadelphia wins. Love to see it. Uh, the next Saturday game. So they better not make me regret it. Actually <laughs> calling, this... calling the wings out right now. Do you, do you, do you full blown want to call them out? Yes. Yes. All right, DJ's going to full-blown call them out, guys. Uh, give me give me just one second. All right, Philadelphia Wings. Listen, I just put you on full-out blast right now. I picked you to beat the New York Riptide after I went against them last week when I didn't really want to, and I don't want to go against them this week either for pretty much the same reason. I feel like they have a lot of reason to win. And they're playing in really good hopes right now. And they're playing at home. There's no reason for them to lose this game at home. But I think you have enough to win with your new invented offense with Kyle Jackson. And I think your defense is in a new position where they're playing better. And you have one of the best goalies in the league. Do not blow this. I absolutely, wild, wild thing right now. I will pull you off my list. You will instantly go out of my state of the fandom immediately if you lose this game. That is how serious this is to me. You need to win this week because I cannot let my riptide down again after not picking them. So do your thing and win because I'm trusting you to handle business. Wow. Wow. Well said. Well said. Next matchup, we head out west for an interconference matchup. The Buffalo Bandits, second game of the weekend, taking on the Colorado Mammoth for their first of two this week. I already picked the Bandits to lose one. They're not going to lose two in a weekend, so I'm going to go with Buffalo to win a close matchup here for their fourth game in seven days. Um, Buffalo wins. This is definitely week of the week of the season this is wild this is bonkers colorado's gonna win this game like you said buffalo's gonna lose one of these because it's four in the last seven i'm putting this one on the back of dylan ward i think dylan ward's gonna come out and have a game against people his have, former boys not even just against his former. it's just the fact that people have been on dylan ward about playing high-powered offenses and how they get to him he's been pulled in multiple games this year because defenses just rip him or offenses rip rip him apart this is the time for him to show I'm a good goalie. I'm one of the best goalies in the league because he is. And he can do that by shutting down arguably the most high-powered offense in the league. Do I think he will completely shut them down? No, it's impossible. But you win this game because you have a good game, things look a lot better for you and people start to change the way they see you. I think this is a huge game for Dylan Ward, and I think that's why Colorado. 
It's going to be a big one. And then we have a 10 p.m. start. Get your coffee. Get your caffeine. Out west. Maybe Dua Lipa in the building. Albany heads out west to take on Vancouver. Uh, once again, Dua Lipa, the vibes, levitating. Uh, I'm going with Vancouver to win. After what Albany did last week, I'm going total Vancouver. That upset me so much. One, because I went against my riptide after I knew I really shouldn't have. Um, and two, you just can't go out and put up six goals after getting, you know, a dominating performance from Joe Nardella at X. Like, And your offense just with the guys you have. Joe Reseteris, you are an MVP candidate. You don't go out and put up almost no points in a game against the Riptide. It, not saying they're not, you know, worthy of getting some respect, but they're not a team that comes out and shuts down an MVP candidate. Those kind of things are the things that stop me from picking you in your next game. So, no, Albany's not winning. All Vancouver, I say they win very similar to last week. Won't be... 15 to 6, but we might see a a 12 to 7 or a, a 13 to, to 9, something 4, 5, 6 range. And we've got one more game. This is a makeup game from New Year's Eve, and I'm going to fade out feeding the ducks real quick for the people uh, to to hit this music for everybody. We should file. That's a YouTube commercial, actually. No free ads. We have Monday Night Lacrosse on deck this week, ladies and gentlemen. The Colorado Mammoth hosting DJ's New York Riptide in a makeup game from what should have been a New Year's Eve game. Uh, this is the makeup game, obviously, because the NLL, you know, paused some things uh, this winter when, you know, the panorama was peaking again. Um, so we got a makeup game on deck here uh, with the Riptide heading out west in the Tyler Digby Bowl. Um, first time these two teams have met since the trade. Big time matchup. Uh, Riptide go out west. Ball Arena, 9 p.m. on Monday night. How you feel, Deej? Big one going, on deck. Going total strategy here. <laughs> Every team that's playing twice this week is going one and one. So I'm taking my boys. Riptide wow. are going to win in a crazy game. I think. Colorado comes in riding the high after beating Buffalo. Dylan Ward does not have the game he has against Buffalo. Because how do you how do you stop shots from Callum Crawford, Larson Sundown, Jeff T, Kiernan McCardo, and the list goes on and on. Now that they have Tyler Digby, Ron John. Like these boys are going back to Colorado for their first time. Like I'm excited about that. I want to see how one Tyler Digby plays because. The offense for Colorado, or excuse me, the defense for Colorado is pretty aggressive. And he he's one of those guys that uses his size to his advantage. So I want to see if he's going to be able to do that against this Colorado offense or Colorado defense. And I just think New York has just enough to go one and one this week, just like every other team that plays twice. I need points. And Colorado at home has been, don't fact check me. I feel like they have a better record at home than they do on the road. Um, I feel like in a in a 
in a way, like this is Colorado, like trying to stay afloat for the two seed in the West because they are almost at 500. Um, they need to win games down the stretch. They can't afford to lose too much more, especially with, you know, the likes of Vancouver, Calgary, Panther City kind of breathing down their necks. Um, and they have a matchup against San Diego next week. So I'm going to go with Colorado to win this Monday night matchup, which really makes this the week of the year for the pickup picks of the week segment as DJ is rocking with Buffalo, Halifax, Georgia, Calgary, San Diego, Philadelphia, Colorado, Vancouver, and New York. And your boy right here, KB, is rocking with Philadelphia, Halifax, Toronto, Vancouver, San Diego, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Vancouver, and Colorado. So we have one, two, three, four of the nine games are the same. Five swing games this week on deck as we head into the month of April. Crazy week. The banter is going to be at an all-time high. And I can't wait for week 18 to kick off Thursday night, the biggest week of the season. And that is our week 18 NLL Picks of the Week powered by the boys over at Pickup. Shout out to them. Uh, also, just tweeted at James Maselli those beautiful, epic lacrosse heads that are died and have a one-year warranty. No, no free shout-outs. Um, and he hit me with the surfs up cowabunga emoji. <laughs> so we'll see if he responds again. Because I said, we need some of these for the studio, for the boys. Um... Would be nice, James. Would be nice. That's the boy. Shout out to James. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer. Upper 90. You already know. You already know. I think that's how it always goes, like, like 45 minutes, and we're at, like, Chelsea. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Bins time. What's up? We're back. Let's get into the biggest uh, news here from the field game. Jared Bernhardt's Pro Day, powered by the boys over at Trophy Smack. Guys, come on. We just did our pick segment, and, uh, you know, fantasy bragging rights are just as high as pick'em segment bragging rights and you guys got to do your fantasy leagues right they've got 
customizable toppers that every winner of your fantasy league can take home at the end of the season. They got trophies, rings, belts, you name it, they got it. They even got last place trophy finishes, and one of them is a toilet seat. So go to trophysmack.com. Use our link in the description of the podcast, but be advised. The link does not work right now for some reason. I'm figuring that out. Should be fixed soon. Um, but shout out to our boys over at Trophy Smack uh, for hopping on board with OTB. Jared Bernhardt's Pro Day, doing some different type of toe dragging. And uh, this was the the biggest uh, takeaway, I would say, from the Pro Day in terms of the lacrosse aspect of things. Um, because, of course, when there's somebody who's a dual sport athlete, there's going to be discourse like that. And uh, this was what Jared Bernhardt had to say. Uh, this is via Wesley Brown, who is the operations and content coordinator for country county sports zone uh, in Maryland uh, because Jared went to do his pro day at Maryland. And uh, this was him on if he still sees lacrosse as part of his future. This is what uh, the boy had to say. I think there may be something there. I haven't really touched a stick too much. So, um, you know, really been, you know, all in for, for football. I think there may be something there is what Jared Bernhardt said. You and I were talking about this before we started recording. You think he's just giving us the Pat Spencer treatment, the workaround. I think between those two, there was more of a likelihood that we would see Jared Bernhardt pick up a stick again and play lacrosse than there was for Pat Spencer. I know Jared is very invested in his football career right now. The uh, alleged take is that Jared projects more as a wide receiver in the NFL than a quarterback. So we'll, you got to make you got to be able to play special teams there, buddy. Um, I don't know. You know, who knows how long, if at all, if Jared makes it to the NFL. Like, as difficult as it is to get to the PLL, multiply that even more for the NFL. You know, you got to get drafted. It's tough to make a roster as an undrafted free agent. You know, are you going to be on a practice squad? Is that something you want to, like, endure? It's tough. You don't know where Jared's going to end up, especially at a new position that he didn't play in college. Do you think we ever see Jared Bernhardt suit up for chaos? Or any team in the PLL, for that matter, um, at all? Um, I will say this. Like you said, it's more of a possibility that he does over over Pat Spencer. But I think if we see him get drafted or we see him pick up any type of football contract, we can kiss lacrosse goodbye. I think it's going to be one of those points where he's like, okay, I made it this far. How far can I really get? And then he'll get, eventually get to a point where he's done playing sports because his body can't take it or his mind can't take it. Whatever is going to happen when you decide, you know, whatever decisions you make when you retire, but that's what it's going to be. Pat Spencer isn't playing lacrosse anymore because he feels like he can genuinely make it to the NBA from where he is. It's going to be one of those same scenarios. If he ends up on a practice squad, there's no way he plays lacrosse again. But if he's going, you know, for a year, two years, three years, and nobody really wants to acknowledge his football player ways and put him on a roster, he might go back to lacrosse. I think when it comes to the practice squad thing, because obviously we have, you know, 
friend of the friend of the network, Jamil Demby, who's made his way from a practice squad to being a Super Bowl champion for this for the uh, the Rams. But uh, it's tough. Like a lot of people don't realize. Like, yeah, you're on an NFL roster, but like you could be cut at any day, you could be traded at any day, you could be picked up by a different team at any moment, and you're making like in comparison to what you know that minimum is in the NFL, which I think is three quarters of a milli right now in the NFL, you're making about one seventh of that um, on the practice squad. So it's not like all peaches and cream playing on an NFL practice squad roster per se. Like it gets made out to be, it's like, Oh, I'm on a practice squad. You know, I'm on a team. It's a lot of grind and it's a lot of hard work to like maintain staying there. And also, like, you're not making the gazillion dollars that an active roster member is making. Um, And, you know, not knocking Jared because he's a freak athlete. Like, I'm sure he could succeed at playing wide receiver. It's just a matter of where does he end up playing wide receiver? Can he crack into a a wide receiver room that typically an NFL roster is carrying four to five, maybe six guys if you're a good special teamer? That's going to be the biggest thing, I think, for Jared is if he can play special teams. He can make an NFL roster, um, so we'll see where it goes. I do think we see Jared play in PLL, I, no matter what. I think he will end up playing um, at some point. I think he's just too good, and I think he's too much of a competitor to just completely walk away from something that he was the pinnacle of at one point, winning the Taylorton Award. Um, I think we'll see Jared play at least one season of PLL lacrosse. I hope so. I, I I want to. Like he was entirely too good at lacrosse. Like I'm excited that Pat Spencer is playing basketball, but to see him walk away from the game of lacrosse after watching what he did at Loyola was sad. I don't want to see the same thing happen with Jared Bernhardt. Even if it's we see him pick up a stick again in four years, five years, he plays a season or two and then he stops, that's fine. But I would I would rather have that than him to just completely abandon the game. Same thing with Nikai. Air quotes around abandoned for those at home. To put it out there too, same thing with Nikai Montgomery. Same exact feeling. Like they're both too good at lacrosse to not at least give it a shot. Um, But yeah, I I do think we'll see Jared Bernhardt play. And like he was doing his damn thing at his pro day. So shout out to Jared. Um, You know, I think you and I would both be through the roof if either the Eagles or Packers drafted him or signed him as an undrafted free agent. Um, I tagged a whole bunch of like Eagles accounts. I was like, he's good. I mean, at this point, you can draft Jared Bernhardt as a backup quarterback and get rid of that other dude. I mean, at this as point, a, he, as a Packers, he, he could be wide receiver one on the Packers. <laughs> you ain't even have to do all that. You really ain't even have to do all that. That was so unnecessary. I mean, that was so unnecessary. You know, I'm not even healed from all that. Athletically, would you say he's better than Lazard? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not healed. I'm not healed. My heart is wide open, gaping. I'm trying to let Jared Bernhardt walk into your heart to be the the bandage to heal you up and and save you. Well, I'm already thinking a couple. Really, at the end of the season, when Aaron Rodgers decides to just leave. And we got Jordan Love playing quarterback. I'd rather have Jared, Jared Bernhard playing quarterback. Hey, Wildcat, baby. Yes. I don't care where he plays at this point. Just put him in a package uniform. At this point, we need everything. You ain't an offensive lineman. Come to, 
We need one of them too. Because actually, we're without two starters because we let one walk and one's hurt. So you play football, you want a contract. <laughs> hopefully, the Packers will sign you. But uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gunkist? Gunkonst? Guntakunst? Guntakunst? Yes, that's exactly exa- that guy. Awful. Awful. Let me but, find out. Let me find an NLL GM is that bad. I promise I'll never be a fan of you. I guarantee I will never be a fan of you. But if he gets Jared Bernhardt on your squad, doesn't really help. <laughs> it makes me feel great, but like overall, I'd, you got a bad track record. Buddy. I'd love Jared as the number three wide receiver. Jalen Hurts throwing a Jared Bernhardt. Ooh, buddy, sign me up. I mean, I think we in just as bad a boat as the Giants. Nah, you're not that bad. Sir, who's on our roster? You you're not that other, bad. Other than other than so, the boy Rasul Douglas and Aaron Rodgers, I could care less. Well, Aaron Jones pretty I was about to say Aaron Jones still on the squad. Uh and, and my boy Bach. Bakhtiari is still around. You you got some good defensive players, but we let a lot of them walk. You you <laughs> you won't you won't slander Jair Alexander like that? We got Jair. Literally, our corners are the only good things we have defensively. And then we got Devondre Campbell back. We have no line. People are going to love this NFL talk. We have no line. We have we have no line. We ain't going to be honorably mentioned after this, but it don't matter. We have no safeties. Like, awful. awful. Here's, here's, here's what I'll say. You're better. You're in better shape than the Giants because the Giants somehow found a way to make somebody leave the Lions and get worse at football. He didn't get worse. His quarterback got worse. And that's hard to say. Exactly. He still that's got hard worse, to though. Say. He uh, did not I Well, here's why he got worse. Because I actively forget he's on that roster. I ain't forget he was there when he was in Detroit. <laughs> I actively forget Kenny Galladay exists. Wow. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Shout out Jared Bernhardt for our football segment of the week. <laughs> yeah, for real. Shout out MVS going to the, to the Chiefs. Shout, Shout out, out Malcolm Jenkins retiring. Do your, thing. Do your thing. Drop balls down there for Patrick Mahomes. I was tired of it up here. I'll tell you that much. Jared should I, come on the podcast before the draft. I'd I'm love saying. it. I'd love it. Do NFL draft talk with Jared Bernhardt. Oh Let's my do God. it. Uh, we do have more PLL signings galore. Uh, Zach Courier. Re-up with Water Dogs. Michael Sowers re-up with Water Dogs. Um, totally blanking if anybody else re-signed this week. A bunch of Woods. Yeah, a bunch of the Woods signings got made official. Hugh Krantz back. Uh, Kyle Hartzell back. Uh, somebody else back? Let me see. Maybe. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, also, uh, I probably can't join it, but Redwoods Nation is available in the communities tab. Uh, I am. I have joined. Uh, Drew Simino was the other one. Yes. I really like that signing um, a lot. TD also official now, um, but I think that was as of last week's recording. Yes. So TD back. Um, don't know if anybody else officially signed. I'm going to look through the team accounts because the league account hasn't. Oh, uh, Connor Gaffney signed through 2022 with Archers. Jeff Trainer signed through 2022 with Archers. Uh, 
uh, oh, the boys. Uh, Ryan Ambler re-signed with Archers through 2023. Warren Jeffrey through 2023. Um, so the Archers re-upped a bunch of guys as well. Don't know if Chaos re-signed anybody officially. To get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I think we talked about Glick got re-signed, but Eric Scott retires. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to miss number five in the red and black. Uh, calls it a career very short. Um, shout out to Eric Scott. You called him the silent assassin. Dude, it, it was insane. Like you said, he averaged, what, almost two points a game? or Almost, almost a game point a game. Over. 23 games, he's had 16 points in his career. And most people, that glances right over their head because he, he scores – not the memorable goals, but the important goals. He scores a goal when you're down two and you need to push. Or he scores a goal when you're up one and you need to extend your lead. Like, I'd rather have a guy like that that scores a goal when I need it than a guy that scores a flashy goal. But if you can do both, that's awesome too because he could do those things too. Like, he was one of those guys where it was like he's not a huge name, but if you needed something, he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Eric Scott. Uh, Whips resigned Gutty. And Jay Carlson, the boy, through 2022. And then also through 2022, they re-signed the boy Mike Chaninchuk, Jake Bernhardt, and Tim Muller. Uh, Water Dogs, don't know. We talk, Oh, Chris Sabia uh, today, as of this recording, through 2023. As well as Zach Courier, like we said, and Michael Sowers. Um, Ethan Walker signed through 2023. Connor Kelly through 2023. And I think that was everybody for the dogs. Yes, that was everybody for the dogs. Um, don't know. Atlas have been pretty quiet with their sign. They signed Romar by the time last week went through. Um, don't know if they've signed anybody else. I haven't seen no, them they sign haven't. anyone else. <laughs> they haven't tweeted since they re-signed Romar. Um, <laughs> uh, am I forgetting a team? Cannons. Cannons. Well, the Cannons have signed some people as well. Um, but they signed uh, Jack Kilty through 2024, Jacob Pulver through 2024, and Holden Garland through 2024. Um, they released... Uh, Sam Duggan and Jacob Stover to the player pool and signed Alex Woodall and uh, Dalton Sulver from the player pool. They're just trying to sign all the faceoff guys possible because I don't know if you saw Joe Keeg's tweet. We talked about this on the pod last year too throughout the season. Like if cannons were under, I think like 38% last year faceoff, they did not win. So they are just trying any combination of faceoff guys. Uh, to, to win games. They also signed Steven Reefus through 2024. Um, that's like just a steal of a signing because he's a stud. Um, anybody else I'm forgetting in terms of teams? Whips? No, one through Chrome. The men on ESPN. <laughs> 
Excited to see Alex Woodall in the league, though. Yes, I am excited for that. Oh, he was um, amazing in the MLL. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Uh, Chrome has a bunch of signings, actually, um, since the last time we recorded. So let's pull this here. Um, they signed the boy, Ryan Tarafanko, through 2023. Um, they signed uh, John Rannigan, the best hugger in all of lacrosse, through 2022. Um, they signed my boy, Jackson Marill through 2022. Kevin Rogers, through 2023. Uh they signed Jordan McIntosh through 2022 and Dylan Malloy through 2023. Solid signings there. So we did Archers, we did Chrome, Chaos, Cannons, Water Dogs, Redwoods, Atlas, Whips. That was everybody. That's all the signings. They'll hopefully come through uh, on the, the transaction portal soon enough. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for, for Woodall to be in the league. I mean, he was like, when the PLL started, he was like the one guy face-off-wise that everybody was like, damn, I wish he was in the league with Trevor, with Jake, you know, with all of these guys that ended up coming to the PLL. So excited to see him get a shot with, with Cannons, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Um, oh, the, uh, the Sixes roster for the sixes tournament got announced which you and i were talking don't know how they're gonna pull that off because i'm pretty sure there's games that week because it's july 7th through the 17th which july oh there, there is buys so that's why because minnesota is july 1st and 2nd and then there's they're off until all-star which is july 16th so that's how they're doing it Roster's, nah, lo- okay. roster's loaded. Sense. It is absolutely loaded. Um, let me pull it up here because I did text it to you so I didn't forget. Matt Brando, Liam Burns, Ryan Conrad, Adam Gittleman, Zach Goodrich, Jack Kelly, Justin Gutterding, Connor Kirst, Brad Smith, Michael Sowers, Brian Tevlin, Ryan Tierney. That's going to be fun. I can't wait for that. I, I love the concept of sixes so much. Like... Just the speed of that game is going to be electric, and that roster is fucking stacked. Yes, I'm excited to see who they're going to be playing. Yes. Because um, if that's what their roster looks like, I would imagine the teams they play are going to be pretty oh similar. Oh, be loaded. Um, Joe Keegan tweeted this because three guys from Water Dogs, obviously, on that roster. Of the eight PLL teams, who do you think would be the best at sixes? I have two. Three. Sorry, three. Now that I'm really looking at all my mini sticks here so I can see all the teams, <laughs> I would have to say Atlas, Chaos, Redwoods. Interesting. Looking at total two-way mids. Okay. Miles, Surge, Jack Near, Isaiah Davis Allen, even possibly T D Erlin could all be two day two way mids. I mean, you could go over to 
Atlas, Danny Logan, Jake Richard, Trevor Baptiste, Romar Dennis. Um, I mean, like their list goes on and on. Like those three teams have tons of two-way mids. And I mean, even looking at some of their defenders, you put a short stick in Jared Newman's hands, Jack Rowlett's hands, Garrett Apple's hands, as much as I dislike him. Like there's, you know, or even John Sexton, like there's so many pieces on these teams that can go both ways and be effective on both Mm -hmm. sides. I would have to say those. I I'm very similar. I think water dogs are in there a hundred percent. I mean, Zach Courier, uh, Liam Burns, like they have guys on that roster that would be loaded with sixes talent chaos. And then I also had Redwoods as well. And I think sneakily, I'm about to say archers. No. Oh, sneakily. Cannons. Oh. If you think about Drenner, Lyle, you have Stephen Reefus there, who I think would be excellent. I, I think Cannons like could maneuver their way and be a very sneaky, fun sixes team. I like I like archers just for their offensive talent. Yeah. And then looking at Graham Hosick, obviously being four time NOL defensive player of the year. Adam Gittleman, who can play both ways. Uh, whether you put him at shorty or goalie, he can do his thing. Um, but then that brings up chaos and plays Reardon. Like I could see them going sixes and putting Austin caught uh, Austin cotton net and having blaze play out. Cause why not? Right. Why do you need blaze and net in that scenario? You mm-hmm. don't. So like there, there's also those kind of things. What teams can play goalies out because they have another, I mean, Possibly the Redwoods do the same thing. I haven't seen Timmy Trotner use a, a short stick too much, but did score in the All Star game. They loved it. They love to play. They love to play attack when they're not in goal. And I mean, Jack Kelly is a phenomenal goalie who is on the Sixers mm-hmm. roster. So, I mean, there's definitely I would look at more than just midfielders when making this decision. And arguably, I think the only team that doesn't have. The best chances with that is is Chrome and, and Whipsnakes. That's it. Of those two, who do you think would be better? Whipsnakes. See, I think Chrome. I think Chrome just has the, the speed factor more. I think Whips are more like... I think the thing... A, with... Like full field, like full roster type team with just the guys they have where Chrome has like that shiftiness in their offense with like Jackson. And like, even though he's bigger, like, Heacock can like move and uh Jordan Wolf I think would be really good at sixes just because he's shifty and John Rannigan in sixes would be a ton of fun. I like the pieces that Chrome has, but I like the cohesiveness of Whip Snakes. And I think that's what would carry them above Chrome is that Chrome is as we saw off season is still figuring out a lot of known not only their lineup in general, but also how they mesh together as a team, not even just on the field, but off the field as well. So I think mm-hmm. that plays into it as well. Whip Snakes, a team that's been in the championship three years in a row, they know each other like, I mean, every fiber on their head basically at this point. So I think that would play into it too. That's the only reason I put the Whip Snakes above the Chrome. I think Chrome have better, better athletes for sixes, but I think with the way the Whip Snakes play right now, they would be a better sixes team. And you know what you guys can do? You can follow us on the socials at OTB Lagspot and get in on this discourse. Tweet at us. 
Um, once I'm allowed into communities, we'll have the OTB Nation community public for everybody. Uh, but follow us at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram. Follow DJ at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBICZL311. Uh, check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts. Leave all of your, your hot takes, your discussion points on the Apple Podcast reviews. We will read them on the show if you leave them. So leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings on Spotify. And uh, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. We are 24 subscribers away, guys. 24. There are 1,376 of you who follow OTB on Twitter. We need 24 of you to subscribe to the YouTube channel to get full video episodes of OTB and all of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia podcasts in video form on our YouTube channel. So be a friend, tell a friend, go subscribe to the YouTube channel and, uh, you know, help us out. We want to we wanna have a presence on YouTube going into the PLL season. So let's make this thing happen, especially when we uh, go head-to-head with the Mad Dads in the parking lots playing Bino. Um, which shout out to our sponsors, uh, Tomahawk Shades. Go to tomahawkshades.com. Use promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. Coach Deej is going to be wearing his Tomahawk Shades on the sidelines all season long. You guys should be doing the same. Promo code USP for 25% off at checkout at tomahawkshades.com. The pals over at Kenwood Beer. Go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker, all new, updated, and improved Kenny Tracker. Uh, to see who has Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. And like I said, our pals over at Bino Board. That's B I N H O B O A R D.com. Uh, go to BinoBoard.com. It's, it's paper football meets foosball. And DJ and I are going to be playing Bino in the parking lots all PLL season at every tour stop we're at. It's going to be a fun like vlog series that we're going to do. Uh, and you can use our code BINOUSP, all the lax dads out there. We know you listen. You want to get a head start on us. Use our code BINOUSP to get 10% off. Get your Bino boards ready to rock and roll. And uh, we're going to have a whole Bino PLL Tour tournament going on in the parking lots this summer. So be ready. Uh, that's BINOUSP, B-I-N-H-O-U-S-P for 10% off at BINOBoard.com. This has been the Philly Philly Philadelphia episode of the allegedly award-nominated and honorably mentioned Outside the Box podcast, episode number 215, the 215. We're getting the hell out of here. For DJ, I'm KB. Hit up Twitter communities and and tell them to let me uh, get access because once we're in there, we'll have some fun. Uh, But until then, we will catch you guys next week. Enjoy the week of the year. Let's have some fun. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Oh,